Welcome to the Lighthouse Financial Advisors Money Over 50 podcast with Dallas Davison and Michael Hogue. This information is general in nature and does not take into account your objectives, financial situation or needs. Therefore, you should consider whether the information is appropriate for you and your personal circumstances. If you require personal advice, please contact Lighthouse Financial Advisors. Here are your hosts, Dallas Davison and Michael Hogue. Welcome to Money Over 50. Today we're here to talk about um, why we only take on new clients that are aged over 50. So Dallas, uh, this is your topic. It is. But um, certainly uh, I feel that we've It'll be easy to talk about this because we've um, because take it, it as a as a bit of a brief history of yeah I was, I was about to suggest that we give a brief history of, of lighthouse of uh, of lighthouse um, uh, so we started in two thousand and ten uh, and when we started uh, people of all ages yep. we took on as clients yep. so we, we took as, on as they say anyone who could fog a mirror. Well, that, that's that's the um, yeah. Look, that's definitely the life cycle of a of a new business. Uh, uh, you you become a generalist when yeah. you start yeah. most of the time, yeah. and um, and 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 certainly uh, just getting your first client yeah, is a, is a, a milestone. Yeah, no matter how old they are. Yeah. So yeah, we had a pocket of clients uh, within a fairly short period of time, and there were two distinct. Uh, age ranges or categories and there was there was a group that were around 30 yep. years of age yep. and then there was another group that were around yep. 50 years of age yep. um, uh, we worked out pretty quickly that that we enjoyed working with people that were aged 50 yeah and, 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 and I, over I think, um, I think there was a, there's probably a couple of components like any business as you're saying you, you end up going down the the, the path of least resistance in the, the, the 30 year olds that we work with were um, they took your advice less there was probably less value that you could act there was less things that you could help them with Um, it wasn't as rewarding so it was kind of one of those things where over time you just go geez every time i meet with a 50 year old it's it's really it's really enjoyable work it's really valuable work they're really happy to get the advice they want to listen they want to do what i'm saying and and it's funny because every 50 year old that you talk to now goes you should work with 30 year olds as well because yeah. you know then they've got 20 more years and you go well they don't listen so i heard it just yesterday so yeah. um a couple meeting with for the second time and uh, both 50 uh have uh, children adult children yeah. in their early 20s yep and they said oh we just want to would you talk to them and, and get them to salary sacrifice and receive and I said I started laughing and I said my, 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 my father my, my own father says this where he goes oh, I wish when I was when he was a school teacher and he goes I wish when I was in my 20s someone had told me to you know salary sacrifice to super I mean you did you super used to come to the school and, and try and have these and conversations have these conversations and you yeah. went no way i'm going to the pub i'm going to play footy i'm going i've got all these you know, look i remember being in my early 20s thinking gee i'll be old when i'm 30. yeah and uh, yeah. but let, let alone 65 yeah. you know what i mean like you just yeah or 60 you just look you cannot you yeah. cannot um and whilst there's outliers and there are yeah. one in a hundred or one yeah. in a thousand probably yeah. uh yeah people in their 20s that will start to salary sacrifice to superannuation and things like that yeah um why we laugh uh 
is 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 that by we we just haven't met any one of them. Yeah. Any yeah. one of them just I'm, yet. I'm, so prob- I'm probably the only one that I'm. You're know. the only one. Yeah. Um, now you're in the industry and you're yeah. 30 yeah. and you look 50. And, and my mates tell me that I'm a boring <laughs> old man. So <laughs> that's how it works. So, so um, yeah, look, I mean, what you just hit on, Dallas, uh, certainly was what I was feeling as well. So, anyone that, I mean, that we met with and continue to meet with over 50, yeah. there's just so much more you can do yeah. with those people. Yeah. Um, uh, the other thing, too, is that it's really easy to come up with a plan and um, those people to be focused. Yeah. And yeah. and the people that aren't focused and deviate from the plan, look, it's really easy to say to them, yeah. hey, you just don't have the time yeah. to well, to, um, for, to get back on track unless yeah. you get back on track now. Yeah. Yeah. When you're talking to a 25-year-old or a 30-year-old, yeah. and um, you know, we've had plenty of these clients before where they're, they're saying one thing, yeah. Uh, yeah, we want to get ahead financially yeah. and all those types of things, but they're, but they're actually demonstrating something different. Right. And they're buying fast cars and they're <laughs> buying bigger houses. And look, it's really hard to have that, that debate with them and say, okay, look, I can't tell you if you if yeah. you definitely won't have enough to retire yeah. because it's 40 years away. Yeah, you probably, um, yeah. So you've got time to you've recover. Got, you've actually got time to recover. So, yeah. Whereas a 55-year-old, they yeah. don't have yeah. time to recover well, that, from those types of things. That reminds me of a, a, a good mate of mine, Daniel. Daniel, <laughs> he's, I remember we had a we had a, a progress meeting with him once, and we talked about all of the serious things. And yes, he had ten grand saved, and you should do this and contribute this bit to super, and do this and add this to your investment, and blah blah blah. And it was all great, did all the planning, and then a month later, I get a phone call and go, change of plans, I'm going to buy a racehorse. <laughs> so you can, okay, we'll throw that out the window. Let's. What was the point of spending the time? What was the pe- point yeah. of? Uh, yeah. Of spending all that time discussing that. Yeah. So. And so I think that the the, the main, uh, we've discussed this topic at length of, of why why we only take on new clients over 50. And to me, it comes back to two different areas, really, is, is that I guess there's your evolution as a business where you go towards, as I say, the, the path of least resistance. It's just become easier and easier to work with 50-year-olds compared to 30-year-olds. But then at some point, you, you really have to make a decision because uh, the first part of this, I think, is that our retirement system in Australia is is kind of amazingly complex when you think about it. It should be a pretty simple thing. You, you go to work, you save some money for your retirement. But the actual technical knowledge required in within our financial system in each of these individual areas is is sort of more than more than one human brain can bear, if that makes sense. Mm. So you know, we, we joke about this where the technical knowledge required for you know, a 55-year-old couple that walks off the street and they often say, oh, you know, our, our situation's fairly simple. It's, you know, it, it won't be, it won't be a, a complex thing. You go, well, it depends on both of your taxable incomes, the types of contributions you can make, um, your preservation ages, your employment. Your it it, it, it is so complex because um, yeah, the husband might be slightly older than the wife, yeah, so he, yeah. he gets access to his superannuation at fifty-eight, where it's sixty for her. Yeah. Um, she's in a defined benefit yeah. fund, yeah. but she's retired from that employer. Yeah. So, so can she roll it out? does she does she leave it there where it's not really growing, or does she move it out yeah. and 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 and, yeah. and then and then, and then, they and say, then he takes a break in work, so yeah. she can actually yeah. for that 
financial year only can yeah. actually put in three thousand dollars into his, his account yeah. as a spouse yeah. uh, contribution and claim yeah. that as a tax deduction. Yeah. But she can't do that next year. Yeah. <laughs> um, he also qualifies to put a thousand dollars in to, to yeah. get the yeah, government code yeah. contribution of five hundred dollars. Yeah. Um, hey, he has to stop his salary sacrifice because his, yeah. his, his taxable income is going to actually yeah. come down but then next too year, low. But next, next year, year he needs to start up, up again. Yeah. Yeah. He can so. catch up next year. So I feel like we're being deliberately obtuse here, but, but not really. That's literally that, the that, thought process. That is a, that is a stereotypical yeah. new client of ours or yeah. a client of ours um, yeah. and those types of scenarios. And, and what we actually see uh, from year to year with the same couples yeah. uh, changes dramatically as yeah. well. And yeah. so... And that's kind of what we what we realised is that you need the, the just even the pure um, you know knowledge of our superannuation system of our tax law all that kind of thing. You need to have so much of a, a, a base of knowledge there that that's applicable to one sort of area of the market. And so you know, we joke about this all the time. Where if you walk past a, a financial planner's office and it says on the sign at the front, we do insurance, aged care, retirement planning, self-managed super funds, you just go, unless this guy is some super genius with an IQ of 300, there's just no way that he can be across, even just the pure technical knowledge required yeah. in each of those different areas. He's, he's not gonna do any of those things well. That, that's right, so there's, I mean, there's two main themes of this podcast. One is that you need the technical knowledge yeah. of all of that, yeah. um, which is, what we would call the black and white section, yeah. because yeah, yeah um, taxation law, yeah. uh, it is what it is. It, it is what it is. Yeah. Uh, super system is what it is. So, so we can work that out uh, each and every year, and it's yeah. typically done by financial year. Yeah, because right. um, there's financial year caps. Yeah. But um, the other part is the grey areas. Yeah, and the grey areas, and 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 to be an expert, and. and and an expert from an advisor point of view, yeah, um, you require both. So you require the, the technical knowledge, yeah. Um, which, which, if you were that said genius, yeah, theoretically, you could be probably not that. practically, but no. theoretically, you could be across yeah. the technical knowledge of, yeah, of um, all these different areas. Yeah, pre-retirees and thirty-year-olds and yeah. and and insurance and aged care and all those sub things. Yeah, the second, and we think it's it's equally as important are the yep. grey areas. Yep. And and what we're talking about here is uh, the common mistakes that we see, for example, yep. that people make yep. uh, in that age bracket as they're approaching retirement, uh, the motivations yep. of those people and what motivates them. Uh, yeah, those types of things. So so these aren't black and white. We'll call this the grey areas. Yeah. Which is which is which you just cannot be an expert unless you see repetition, repetition, repetition. And that, those. That's, I guess, the, so the, the, in terms of how those conversations generally go, is that someone might come in and say, hey, we want to, um, we, we think that we want to retire fully at age 58. And so there's, there's the first component, which is, okay, well then how do we, if you're gonna retire at 58, what's your preservation age? Yes. How do we fund that? Um, you know, if you're going to only access your super at 60, how do we fund your retirement income for the first two years? You know, what does that mean for your safe withdrawal rate? There's all that sort of stuff. But then there's a second component of this, which is what we're talking about, which is, listen, I've seen 20 people that have told me they want to retire at 58. Yeah. Not one of them actually does. No. And that's kind of where we can give you the black and white information of here's how you would do that. But then, as you say, it's equally valuable to go, 
I think that what you what you're saying you want at, at 52 I want to retire at 58 I think that we're going to get six years down the road and you're going to find that you don't actually want that that you don't want that and and um, that's a big one on what motivates people so yeah. I mean Dallas you've made this comment before <coughs> excuse me uh, in in previous podcasts where people say we want to retire at 58 and yeah. just go fishing all yeah. the time yeah and um, and and when they actually do that or or, yeah. or uh, if they do that um, they get sick of fishing every day pretty quickly yeah and they start doing stupid things yeah, <laughs> and, and, yeah. And, and, and I mean because to an extent they can't sit still there's, so there's certain people you think yeah um, yeah you, you, you can't you need something to occupy you yeah. and yeah. you can't sit still mm-hmm. um, or you're gonna start to to want to yeah. Um, buy a bigger house, so you yeah. start to want yeah. to move uh, somewhere, yeah, move yeah. somewhere else, yeah. and then move back. Or you're gonna, yeah. you know, you're gonna want to sell a house yeah. and build a house. You're gonna yeah. want to, so um, all of those things obviously yeah. cost money. Yep, yeah. uh, to be able to do that. So yeah, so and yeah, for a lot of people, yeah, you know, you're talking about what actually motivates them. Yeah. And, and 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 the common and, and the, the common mistakes the back, that yeah. we see. Yeah, um, coming and, off the back of that. And that's I guess the point that I'd make um, with the repetitions is is the great word that you said there is that so someone who's been a client of mine for five years if they then come in and say to me hey we want to you know we want to someone who's been a client of mine for five years they're 55 now they say hey change of plans we want to retire at 58 there's two components of this number one there's a there's a, a longitudinal repetition which is that i've met with them every six months for the last five years so when they say i want to retire in three years time and and do nothing or go fishing or play golf I go, no, you don't. I know you. You're a nutcase. You you could not sit still for more than five minutes. So, <laughs> yeah. so you, you have that knowledge of that person as an individual, but you also have the 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 breadth of knowledge of okay, well, I've got yeah, you know, I've got 99 other clients, and yeah. I've seen one. I've seen people that have retired at 58, and I've seen that that wasn't really suitable for them. I've seen people that said they were retired at 58, and they didn't end up doing it. So. You end up with a bit of a, a base rate of knowledge of what what do people actually practically do and what are the common mistakes that they make because you go look you you might be the one you might be the one in a hundred that does actually retire at fifty eight and never work mm-hmm. again that may be the case for you but the odds are against you because the other ninety nine that I've seen that yes. hasn't hasn't happened like that and look um, we're certainly not against people retiring at 58 if that's what they really want yeah. um, when you actually dig a little bit deeper though and this yeah. this is the grey areas that we're talking mm. about because someone that d- doesn't have experience um, clients never come in and say geez I'm really unhappy with this certain aspects of this job yeah. and if yeah look I, I probably do value going to work and I probably value um, yeah, getting up and having yeah. a routine and all yeah. that sort of stuff uh, and you know, what if I took a step back and moved into another role? Like yeah. no one ever comes in and no, says that. They no, say, right. oh, I really want to retire. When do you want to retire? Yesterday. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, when you dig a little bit deeper, what you often find is that yeah. it's 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 that organisation that they're working for. It's yeah. certain specific parts varying. of that role. Yeah. Um, it's a role that they haven't done yeah. all of their life. Yeah. And and you know they've they've it's just a stopgap measure. So. Yeah. When you start then talking to people and saying, okay, what if, what about if it at 58, yeah. you know, um, you're interested in this or you used to do this yeah. or, or you have skills in this other area. What if you, you know, um, 
went and and worked part time yeah. in a role like that. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, or if you if you um, segued into a, a similar role, or if you uh, relieved people yeah. in another yeah, organisation, you did some local work. Or you like did that. some local work. Yeah. And, so and that, that's exactly right. I find I think that if I recall to my study that that's what I noticed when I actually started working as a financial advisor, the difference between um, you get given a case study to say, if someone mm. comes in and says, I want this, we, we want to buy a $100,000 boat and retire at 58 and these are the inputs and then it would basically be handed to you, here's the inputs, go and make that happen. Yep. Where in reality, that's not at all how these conversations practically go. Someone no. comes in and says, I want to retire at 58 and you say, why? And then they kind of give an answer, but they normally haven't really given it much thought. It's kind of just a thing of, well, isn't that what everyone wants? And and you have to actually, this is like you're saying, the grey areas is, is a great term for this because it's not it's not the black and white stuff. It's not the technical knowledge. It's the understanding of human emotions and human motivations as to what is it that what is it that's actually going to make this person uh, live their most fulfilled, content, happy life, and and how do I help them? decide what that is and then help them achieve it. That's right. And so working under the, the gray areas again, mm. um, technical knowledge being the, the, the first part, the yeah. second part being the, the gray areas. So we see some common mistakes quite a bit. So yeah. um, give us an example of some so, of the common mistakes that you see. So the, the one that, again, going back to the mistakes or decisions that, that you see people make that don't tend to work out. And that's mm. probably uh, a better way to put it than a mistake because it's, it's yes. not necessarily, it, it can be, this is where the black and white comes in, it could be the right decision, but it's generally not. So to, a good example is someone saying, we're gonna buy a house in this area that we think we wanna to retire to in five years time. So we're gonna, we're gonna buy it now, rent it out for five years and then move there. Again, the theory sounds good, and, and from a purely financial planning perspective, it's, it's not that crazy. But invariably, what I, the only, I've never seen that work, because no. what happens is people buy that house thinking we'll retire there in five years' time. They either work for longer and, or shorter than they thought, then they either don't retire to where they thought they'd retire, or they move to that area and realize that that actual property isn't suitable for them, they want something smaller or something bigger, or they want something in a slightly different location, all those sorts of things. There, there, there are so many different things there, and um, I've, I've seen that work out, it's not even one out of every 10 times, it's probably about one out, of, out yeah. of every 30 times. Yeah. And usually what happens is someone yeah, buys that house, yeah. moves to that area, yeah. decides that they don't like that area, yeah. um, sells that house, yeah. moves back to yeah. the... Yeah to the original city or yep. move somewhere else. So they're, they're yep. transacting on houses and the, yep. the Queensland Stamps uh, yeah, office yeah. is getting rich yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah. local real estate agents getting yeah. rich, rich as well. The same thing, same thing with uh, people saying, well, we're gonna sell our house and live in a caravan. And then, yep. and you go, you, you might be, and, and this is for people who have never really done any caravanning before. There's, so there's a, a host of these types of things that, yep. as you're saying, in the gray areas where it sounds. It all sounds good in theory, but practically, because we've seen repetition after repetition of this, the amount of people that said we're going to sell our house, live in a caravan, after three months, the husband and wife want to kill each other for yeah. being in a confined space. They're sick of constantly being on the road. 
same sort of thing. They just want to sell up and, and go back to, to live in one location. Yeah, look, one of the things that we say, because um, we hear a lot of these things, and we're fine with it if it's the right decision, but we, we actually ask people to stress test it. Yep. So, um, for example, moving to a new city that you think you're going to like or moving to a new town that you yep. think you're going to like in retirement, um, we tell people, don't sell your existing house. Yep. Just Absolutely. keep it yep. uh, for a while. Go and rent yep. in the, the new place that you yep. think is going to be your new home. Yep. And actually stress test it. Yep. So um, it's, a, it's, it's a much cheaper and yep. less complicated way to do it than yep. to, to buy early yeah. and to sell your existing house. Um, so you actually go and stress test it. Hey, if, if, if you come back after six months and say, this is pan out exactly the way we wanted it. We love this. Yep. We love this new place. Um, we love this new city. Uh, yeah, we want to live here. Then you can actually go and look to, to put the other two parts in place, yep. which are to sell so your existing house first yeah. yep. and then to buy a new house. Um, yep. And you, I mean, you see so many variations of that. Like yep. I've seen people actually you know, move to Brisbane, for example, yep. and um, they've yep. bought a house there before they've lived in the city. Yep. And they spend every weekend on the sunny coast. They've yeah. spent all their time on the Sunshine Coast or yep. they've bought on the south side and they're spending all their time on the, their friends are on the north side. Yep. Yeah, and their um, yeah, yeah. their their club that yeah. they've joined now is on the north side, and yeah. then yeah, they they're, they're never there, so they've yeah. actually bought in the wrong area. And so are, stress testing it and, yeah. and and actually renting for a period of time makes yeah. complete sense to us. Yeah, uh, because because and and yeah. I guess across that whole category of of uh, common mistakes, things that we see, this is kind of what we're talking about. Unless you were doing this stuff day in day out, you just wouldn't see enough repetitions of that. To, to know that that's a common mistake. That, you, that's you know right. So you could be a financial advisor that has a um, hundred clients, yeah, and you could have uh, twenty people that are uh, approaching retirement. Yeah, you could have twenty people that are younger. You could have twenty people in the middle. Yeah, you could have twenty people in aged care. Uh, how many is that? Is that eighty? Yeah. <laughs> so, so you know, um, so you're only seeing so one one fifth of your clients. Yeah. That are going through these uh, are experiencing decisions. these things, yep. and and the yeah the, the bunch of thirty year olds are experiencing different things. Yep. Um, you just you don't see it enough yep. to be able to get a, a good grasp of the common that's right the common yep. um, things that people are doing that actually don't pan out in yeah. reality. It, it's a it it is one of those things where as you say even if you had even if you had all the requisite technical knowledge across all these different areas. You're just missing out on, as, as a financial advisor, you can only have so many clients. And if you don't have them uh, in one area, you're just missing out on those repetitions of, of possible uh, different situations that you could be exposed to, different decisions that clients are making and how they pan out, all those sorts of things. So it's, uh, like we say, I think to me that's the two big takeaways is that number one, the technologies. That there might be some people out there who are smart enough to be to have the black and white technical knowledge across all those areas, but it's definitely not me. I don't have the, the raw no. horsepower for that. So we have to we have to niche into one area and go. I know everything there is to know about being in your fifties in Australia. Everything there is to know. I, I I I'm sure that if someone from England came over and said, hey, "What should I do with?" That's a whole different system. I don't know anything. That's about a whole that. different system. Look, it's even even to the extent now. So, you know, I've been in the industry coming up for 20 years and I've looked after so many 25-year-olds and 30-year-olds and provided advice to them in years gone by. Mm. 
But because we haven't done it at all yep. for the last five years oh, yeah. with our business, yep. I now have people that are 30 that you meet socially and, ask you and they're asking you questions. And, you and, I, and I actually say to them, look, I'm doing you a disservice. Yeah. I've done this before, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, the rules I've, have changed. The rules probably. have changed and I haven't seen the repetitions. Yeah. I haven't actually done the reps yeah. in, the, in recent periods of time. That's right. And I actually, I can't even tell you that, look, go and see, you know, someone else and we'll give them the name of a, yeah. uh, another financial yeah. advisor who yeah. you know, deals with 30-year-olds yeah, yeah. because, because right. we just haven't seen that. And so. that, that's, I guess, a good point is it's not, to, as I say, it's not that we're geniuses and we're the only ones who can do this pre-retirement planning and know all the rules and the rest of it. It's, it's, it's not that because there's all these other areas that we don't know about. So it's not, it's not that we're smarter than everyone. No, not, it's not, just that, not at all. No. Not at all. Um, it, it's... it's what you should be wary of if, you, if you're, you know, if you're going through the motions of actually looking to um, speak with a financial advisor, yeah, um, be very wary of of people that are saying we specialise in, oh, yeah. and then list more than one thing. This, this, so, is, this so, is a bit like I remember when when I've been in places like Thailand before, and you're walking down the street and you yeah. see a restaurant where they go, we do Thai food. Western food, Mexican yeah. food. You go, that restaurant is going to be terrible. But that's a great example because, because to, yeah, you can, I think everyone can walk down the street yeah. anywhere and, and see that and, yeah. and think, that's, see, that's, that's absurd that yeah. they're actually claiming they can, they <laughs> can specialise in well. all those types of things. Yeah. So when you want Italian, you go to yeah. A, yeah. an Italian restaurant, yeah. don't you? When, yeah. you want, that's right. when you want Thai food, you go to a Thai yeah. restaurant. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, there's, there's so many different permutations of that, but but yeah, you, know, you can easily you can easily put that equation together. Yeah, um, I think it's a little bit harder in in our industry, and, and one of the reasons it's harder is because we have such an intangible yes, that's right industry, and there's yeah. different financial advisors that yeah. that do different things, and some are really really good, and some are really really bad, and, and well, some and, uh, and the issue with it is probably that the the feedback loop is not. Um, is not quick enough. You know what I mean? If it's you, not. If you go to one of those restaurants that says they specialise in five different things, you order a meal that comes out and you go, geez, that, that's terrible. Yes. I'm, I'm walking out of here. That's right. You go to see a financial advisor who tells you that they specialise in retirement planning as well as 16 other things. Mm. You know, they they still probably have more technical knowledge than, than the average person in the street. And so right. you, you just don't know that they are, that there are things that they're probably missing out on or there's conversations they're not having with you that they should be. Until it's too late, and and you may never know. That's because, right. Because yeah. because you can still be progressing financially. Yeah. yeah. But but yeah, they might only be yeah. suggesting seven of the ten things that you can do, and the, yeah. the, the three that they're missing are really really important and would that's have saved right. you yeah. ten thousand dollars in tax or that's or exactly given right. you another three thousand dollars in government benefits or, that, or that's one that you know, I, those types of things. I, so. I hear that all the time, and it doesn't make any sense to me really. When so people often will say, "Yeah, I've got a financial advisor." And, oh yeah, and they go, "Yeah, we we go in for a review once a year, and as long as the balance is higher than it was the year before, I'm happy." So hmm. There's no in no other aspect of your life would that would that be be good enough? Like no. you wouldn't engage a builder to build a house for you, and then go, "Ah, oh, well." As long as it's got four walls and a roof, like, no, I'm, I'm no, happy. That's right. You go, no, I want it to be, I want it to be perfect. I'm paying someone to, yes. to do a job for me. I want them to get all of the results they possibly can. That's right. Yeah, and we're still, yeah. If you do go into that person who's 
uh, a self-proclaimed expert across all of those areas, yeah. even if they get most of the technical knowledge right, um, it comes to two years out from your retirement and you're yeah. subconsciously wondering what you're going to do to fill the time and yeah. your mind starts yeah. thinking, okay, well, we want to move yeah. to the yeah. Sunshine Coast and you announce that yeah. to the phone to advisor. They're just going to take wanna, it. They're going to write the note down. They're going to do They're going to write the note down and actually try and fill that order. Yeah. So they're going to yeah, say, okay, right. yeah, you do want to move to the Sunshine Coast. So rather than saying, you know, do you really want to do that yeah. and why don't you stress test that, you know, yeah. a, a better answer would be to... Yeah. Yeah. to to um, either rent your house out or just to leave it as yeah. it is and get yeah. someone to house it, yeah. actually rent for six months yeah. in, on the Sunshine Coast when yeah. you actually make the move, actually stress test it to yeah. see if you actually do want to. That's a good, um, like the, the, the phrase you use there, being an order taker. And that's really what you want to avoid uh, as, a, as a financial advisor is that most human beings, we, we don't really know what we want at the best of times. You know what I mean? So the fact that as a financial advisor, you're meant to, you know, if, if you're a financial advisor and you're just sitting there and someone comes in and they, you ask them what they want to do and they just say the first thing that pops into their head, which is normally what, what we do. Yeah. If you just go and write that down and then go, okay, here's how you make that happen. Yeah. You've really missed most of the valuable work, which is to dig into why do you, why do you think, why do you feel that way? Why do you actually want to achieve that? And you might dig into it and spend 20 minutes talking about it go, okay, that is exactly what you want and it does suit you as an individual and it is something that I've seen all of my other clients do and it does has worked for them in the past. So, yes, let's go now and do the financial planning that, that lines up with you achieving that goal. But, but unless you're spending that time and that energy thinking first about are we, are we going down the right path before we worry about how we're going to get there. Hmm. So... Um any last comments as we wrap up? No, not, not really. Just I, I think we've touched on about five great analogies, which, I, which you know, <laughs> analogies are my favourite things. I was just wondering if you um, had come up with latitudinal and longitudinal and thought, I really want to I really want to insert this into a podcast. I want to say those words. So. I want to say these words in a podcast. I, say, I, I, so I love when how I was, am I going to come up with a podcast title? I love when I say something like that and I just see you go, hmm, okay, mate. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think it's a, it's a great one. I, I really like the words, but, and I'm glad that I've got a chance to roll that here. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the Money Over 50 podcast with Lighthouse Financial Advisors. We look forward to catching up again soon.